Good morning, good morning. When Seth uh, invited you to pray for me, he mentioned that he and I were friends. And that is very, very true. We are truly buddies. But you, some of you may have thought I was his next door neighbor as he invited to preach today. Um, I'm actually one of the pastors at uh, Faith Bible Church. And the reason you can tell I'm a pastor and not a guest speaker from some other church is that Mark's not giving an invitation, I mean an explanation and introduction of me. I am really glad to share with you some very important passages from God's Word this morning. Back in 1963, a man named Edward Lorenz, American mathematician and meteorologist, was doing some experimentation with climate computer models. These are the computer programs that your local news guy and weatherman is referring to when he says, now let's look at predictor. These are computers that predict where the thunderstorms are going to be in a few hours or sometimes a few days. And Edward Lorenz discovered that if you made just one tiny change in one of the parameters in those computer programs, as little as one ten-thousandth of a percent change, the climate computer model would give an entirely different, drastically different result. As a result of his research, a whole new field of mathematics was started called chaos theory. And he called this particular phenomenon that small changes in computer models can make drastic changes in the outcome. He called it the butterfly effect. The idea is that one small change, like a butterfly's flutter, could send a piece of wind traveling across the continents and create part of a tornado hours and even days later. The butterfly effect, small change, leads to great effect. This morning, I'm going to apply the butterfly effect theory to the spiritual life. I want to share with you a decision that a Christian can make that, like the butterfly effect, is a small decision, it seems, but can change the entire trajectory of your life. It can change your life. It can change your spouse's, your family's life, and make changes in other people's lives that you hardly even know years later. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the butterfly effect decision. See, some of the decisions we make in life are bad, and they lead to complications in life. Chances are many of us are still experiencing the consequences of a poor decision-making. Bad moral decision, bad decision with relationships, who hasn't made a bad financial decision. Some of our decisions are good ones, protected us from bad consequences, a decision not to take drugs, not to live a promiscuous life, and on and on it goes. In history, small little decisions can make huge change in the outcome and the course of a nation. Do you remember that John F. Kennedy wore a back brace on that fateful day when he was shot? It was the second bullet that killed him. If he hadn't been wearing the brace, he might have leaned far enough over in the car that the second shot would have missed entirely, and the whole course of history could have changed. Small decisions 
can make huge effects in your life and those of the life around you. I'm going to explain this decision best I can, and I'm going to give you a chance to make this decision if you haven't already. I'm sure many of you have. But if you haven't, I strongly urge you to consider this morning to make the butterfly effect decision. This is especially true if you've been struggling some in your Christian life. Maybe you're having some bad habits you can't overcome, or you just don't quite feel with it when it comes to your walk with the Lord. It's possible that having not made the butterfly effect decision is what is causing your struggle and your somewhat complacency and lack of luster in your Christian experience. This decision is described in the book of Romans chapter 12. Turn with me now to Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. This butterfly decision has something to do with the presentation of your life. I'll be reading out of the NIV 1984 translation. Romans 12:1. Therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, why, why would a Christian consider making a decision like this? What is it that would be the motivation to make this decision? And the answer is in this phrase, therefore, in view of God's mercy. The Bible is telling us, the Apostle Paul is telling us that if you simply would get a hold of the mercy that God has already showered upon you, you would gladly dedicate your life to the Lord. Well, what mercies is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the mercies that he just presented in chapters 1 through 11 of the book of Romans. The book of Romans is about the gospel, which is God's method of providing righteousness for men. He provides us legal righteousness. That's called justification. And that's the first mercy of God that he developed in chapters 1 through 5. We all need righteousness from God. Theoretically, there's two ways to get righteousness to try to satisfy God's standard. One is to work hard and try to be as good as you possibly can. However, that's not going to work because nobody can be good enough to impress God. The other is to receive by faith a righteousness that God will give you if you will trust His Son. Some try to combine the two and have a little faith and a little works. But notice how Paul summarizes these chapters 1 through 5 in chapter 4, verse 5, where he says, However, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. That's the first mercy of God, that he gives on the basis of our faith, right standing with God, justification. If you've been trying to satisfy God with good works, you will not be successful. We all need to receive this righteousness that comes through faith. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He rose from the dead to prove that he has the authority to forgive sins. And he will give you the gift of eternal life if you'll trust him, if you'll put your faith in him. Faith is the inner conviction that what God says in his word is true. 
For example, in John 6:40, Jesus said, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up in the last day. Do you believe that promise is true in the bottom of your heart? If so, make sure you've told God that. If you haven't made that clear to yourself, you're not sure if you've trusted the Lord in the quietness of your heart right this moment. You could say something like, Lord, yes, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And I do now trust you as my personal Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin and giving me the gift of eternal life. That is the first and greatest blessing and mercy that God has given us that should prompt us to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. The second is what we call sanctification or living righteousness. In chapter 6 through 8, Paul says, I've given you the Holy Spirit to help you walk with me. Romans 8, 3 and 4 summarizes this wonderful principle. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sin nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sin nature but according to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to follow in obedience the teachings of Christ. So when Paul says... By the mercies of God, you should offer your bodies. He's talking about the mercy of justification and the mercy of sanctification. And they should motivate us to make the butterfly effect decision. One-third mercy is mentioned. And that's in chapters 9 through 11, which remind us of God's faithfulness. In chapters 9 through 11, Paul describes God's faithfulness to Israel who was not very faithful to God, and yet his promises to Israel are going to be fulfilled. And since they're going to be fulfilled for Israel, we know that his promises to us are going to be fulfilled. In Romans 11, he summarizes this wonderful mercy. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles have come in. And so all Israel will be saved. Israel's rejection is only temporary. The point is this. If you really grasp and understood the mercies of God, namely that he has given you the gift of eternal life by faith, secondly, that he has provided you with the Holy Spirit to empower you to walk with Christ better and better. You don't get perfect but you can overcome certain sins and you can walk closer and closer to him. And then he's given you an illustration of how he will fulfill his promises no matter what. Once you get a hold of these mercies, the idea of yielding your life to Christ, of letting him have control, or as Carrie Underwood said, let Jesus take the wheel, ought to be a very simple decision, a logical decision. What is it that God is asking of us in this butterfly effect decision? Back to verse 1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, 
offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This has to do with simply placing all that you are and all that you have into the arms of God in Christ. See, if he gets all of you, get your body, he's got your money, he's got your time, he's got, your, he's got everything. All that you have, all that you are, Lord, I place it at your disposal for use in this life. It's a total commitment, not partial. It's like the chicken and the pig. Remember them? They were walking along and walked by a church, and the church was having a special free breakfast for the hungry. And the chicken looked over to the pig and said, hey, why don't we make a contribution to this breakfast to feed the hungry? I'll give some eggs. You give the ham. Ham and eggs will make a contribution to the breakfast. Well, the pig was not too sure about this. He looked over the chicken and said, well, wait a minute. For you, you're just making a contribution. For me, it would be total sacrifice. And that's the difference. We sometimes are willing to give the Lord some eggs. But to make the total sacrifice, present our bodies, is not quite so easy. So that's what God is asking you to do. Think of salvation by faith. Think of sanctification by the Spirit. Think of how great God's faithfulness is for you and always will be. And then yield yourself to Christ. Why not? Why would a Christian be reluctant to make that kind of butterfly effect decision? Why would you delay it? For me, there was an eight-year gap between trusting Christ as my Savior and yielding my life for service or for whatever to God. Now, why would a person do that? Be a delay. A Mark story includes a, a kind of a delay. He was on one path, but God had a different path that he made some time later after salvation. Well, I can tell you what my problem was. It's very simple. It was fear which is another word for lack of faith, lack of trust. I was afraid. See, at the time I was contemplating this decision, I was starting to remember these mercies of God. I was a computer programmer for IBM. Many of you know this story. I was working on the space program at Cape Kennedy, Florida. We were beating the Russians to the moon so that the Russians wouldn't do who knows whatever it was. We were saving the world from the Russians. And I was enjoying it, every minute of it. It was a great, great time. And I was fearful that if I said, Lord, okay, I'll, I'll yield everything, I'll put everything on the altar, that he would ask me to do something crazy, like leave IBM and become a preacher. Crazy. That's not something I wanted to do. Here I am, but at that moment... I was not too interested in that. Now, I recommend that's lack of faith. That's thinking, I know better what I should do than God. That's kind of dumb when you think about it. And you can trust God. He can change what you really want to do after you put it all in his hands. 
you'll discover new likes, new dislikes, new purpose, new thinking, and on and on it goes. Take a look at this verse 1 again at the very end. God has a definition for this decision, this butterfly effect decision. He says in the last part of verse 1 of chapter 12, this is your spiritual act of worship. I call it a, a crazy idea at one moment, but it's not. It's spiritual, and it's act of worship. And the word translated spiritual could equally be translated reasonable. In fact, the King James Version and other versions have the word reasonable. And I think Paul had in mind both things. This idea of yielding to God, of presenting your body a living sacrifice, making the butterfly effect decision that will change the trajectory of your life and those around you, is the most spiritual and reasonable thing you could possibly do. It's also an act of worship. That's why it's called a sacrifice. Give it all to God. Because of God's great mercy, justification, sanctification, faithfulness, He's asking you and me to do the most reasonable, spiritual, Worshipful thing we could possibly do, which is present our bodies, our living sacrifice. Last week we had a memorial service for Al Johnson. Al Johnson was a close buddy of mine for the almost five years I've been here at Faith. A sudden loss. Still not sure what God has in mind with this. But Al left behind a testimony of his butterfly effect decision. I read it at his service on Monday. And I'm going to read it to you in this context of the butterfly effect decision. Listen to his story in his own words. I have loved motorcycles ever since I was a kid. I got a chance to get one and fell in love with them from the start. In the early 70s, I had five motorcycles. As a family, we would be at the lake, on the dirt, or on the road, taking trips every weekend. In February of 1972, Lloyd McBride had made a profession of faith in Christ in Kansas City, and he wanted me to recommit my life to the Lord. He knew I was a Christian, but he wanted me to start afresh. He was really asking Al to make the butterfly effect decision. I told him I would do that, yield to God, make the butterfly effect decision, commit myself to follow him no matter what, first thing in the morning. I was really trying to get him off the phone. It was 10 o'clock at night, and I had to get up early to open the shop. In the middle of the night, something bumped me pretty hard. I thought it was Barbara turning over in the night. Not so. She was on the other side of the bed, way out of reach. I checked the clock. 12.01. First thing in the morning. I laid there till 3 a.m., Al said wrestling with what to do and how to do it. I was struggling with what I had told my friend and the promise I had made to recommit myself to following the Lord. 
the butterfly effect decision. Well, I gave up. I told the Lord, here I am. Help me do what it is that you want me to do. That's it. That's the butterfly decision. One of the big issues in my life was the motorcycles. Now it goes on. So they sat idle in the garage for several months. I never touched them. Oh, I would go look at them, check the tires, the batteries, but I let them sit. One night, for no reason, I had a dream. It was a picture of Christ on a motorcycle going down the road. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but this is what I saw. There he was, hair flying, garments flowing, and a big grin on his face. It was so ridiculous, I woke up. That's when it hit me. He didn't want my bikes. He wanted me, and he didn't want the bikes to become between us. You see, the Lord wants everything. He wants you. He wants me. Well, things really changed from that point. I got down to two bikes, got back into church. Later, I came across the Christian Motorcycle Association. I joined up, eventually became the area rep for Oklahoma. My brother was the Kansas area rep. Later, I was appointed over all the reps. To make a long story short, when I gave up motorcycles and asked the Lord to help me do what He wanted, my cup runneth over. I've been blessed with 88 bicycles. <laughs> now, He doesn't have them all at the same time. <laughs> I've ridden 1.5 million miles on three continents. You see, my problem was that I always had this little shoebox full of motorcycles on the top shelf in the closet. I was saving just in case for what I don't know. That's the 2% the Lord wanted. When I let go, things happened. I don't know what the Lord has for anyone that hears this story, but let go and see what happens. Al made the butterfly effect decision. And maybe some of you are like Al. There's something kind of between you and the Lord that you're holding on to. Motorcycles. Who knows what? Don't wait till first thing in the morning. In a few minutes, I'll give you an opportunity to do what Al Johnson did, to say yes to the Lord and make the butterfly effect to see if you never have. Many of you have, I know. But maybe some of you have never done it. And let me just say, did you notice that part? He gave up motorcycles, but God gave him motorcycles back as long as Christ was first. Burge gave up computer programming and computers with IBM. But you know what? Years later, I was hired by Dallas Seminary to automate their campus with computer technology. <laughs> and even now, I'm helping with the MyFaithLink computer system. See, when once you let it all go, God doesn't necessarily keep it all. He gives you back what you need to accomplish His purpose. But I promise you this, once you make the butterfly effect decision, you will begin to experience a radical transformation. That brings us to our second point of the outline, the transformation of your life. Notice the first part of verse 2 of chapter 12. 
Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a wonderful word in this passage that means transformed. It's from what we get, the Greek word from which we get metamorphosis. It's the picture of the caterpillar who goes through this metamorphous transformation and becomes, yes, a butterfly. The caterpillar crawling on the ground, some kind of ugly, some are beautiful, but a transformation into a beautiful butterfly. The process is not instant, but once it takes place, a wonderful thing has happened. And you may be living a Christian life that's a little bit like a caterpillar. You're not getting very far very fast. Something's holding your back. You're not quite sure what's going on. You're not having the fellowship with the Lord like you would like. Perhaps this is the blockage. You need to make the butterfly effect decision. Two things will start to happen once you have made and committed yourself in this way. Verse 2 again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What you will discover is that the things of the world, uh, being squeezed into the mold of the world, has less appeal to you. I know for myself, I was working toward making money, having fame as a computer guy with IBM. But once I put everything in the Lord's hand, those values didn't seem quite so important anymore. And I discovered I, my mind was being transformed. I had a new interest, a new hunger to read and study God's Word, so much so God had to send me to seminary. Now, He's not going to send everybody that makes the butterfly decision go to seminary or become preachers. But the question is, what does He want you to do for the rest of your life? To sum it all up, when you grasp the wonderfulness of the mercies of God, justification, sanctification, faithfulness. And when you realize it's the most spiritual, logical, reasonable, worshipful decision you could ever make, you make the decision and suddenly your parameters, your values, your priorities begin to shift to God's priorities. Your mind is transformed through there's less distraction, less garbage, and more filled with God's Word and the thinking of the things of Christ. The things of this world grow strangely dim when you, when you put Christ first. Now, where does this lead? What's the destination? What's going to happen to you? Right, well, let's look ahead. Suppose you, you're about to make this decision. What could happen in the future? What's going to be different? That's the destination of your life. The last part of verse 2. The consequence of this decision are hard to imagine for each person. It's like the butterfly effect, the little flutter of a wing, and eventually a tornado erupts at the other end. One little decision to yield to God, and suddenly people's lives are changed, yours change, the effect ripples like the butterfly effect. The text reads this, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. 
Basically, you'll experience God's will for your life in all of its fullness. And it'll be good. And it'll be pleasing. And it'll be perfect. You will do things and be involved in things and want to do things you've never thought of before that benefit the kingdom of Christ. We, we heard a little bit about Al Johnson at his service. Three granddaughters stood right there and told of the impact Al Johnson had made on their life, sometimes with one little comment that had stuck with them and helped them in critical decisions. On May the 18th of this year, I got an email from a guy I met 46 years ago, had maybe five conversations with him over lunch in Detroit, Michigan. He was curious about spiritual things, and I didn't want to take up company time, so I just told him to read the Gospel of John, try to look for two the answers to two questions. Who's Jesus and how does he give you eternal life? I didn't really share the gospel with him. I didn't go through the four spiritual laws. I was on my way to my first ministry. I just graduated from seminary. And Rob and I were working together in a computer department in Detroit, Michigan, while I raised support for my... I was going to be a home missionary. But here's the email I got from Rob. Just wanted to drop you this note. Forty-six years ago today, at your family and the Lord's prompting, I put my life in God's hand and accepted by faith His Son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of my sins. As a result, my wife, my whole family, including my brothers and parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, and many hundreds of others put that same faith in Jesus. I always thank God for that, but will always remember your unwavering prayer and love for me at that critical time in my life. Loving you always, Robert. Robin became a soul winner deluxe. Not everyone does this, but everyone he talked to, he shared Christ. He was a salesman by trade. There was some natural ability there. But empowered by the Spirit, hundreds of people. Hundreds. Butterfly effect. Birch says five things to him. A tornado of conversions occurs. 46 years ago. Go figure. It's the butterfly decision. And then last month on Father's Day, I get a card from my daughter. Now, it doesn't say anything. It's a bought, store-bought card, we say. But I was thinking about this butterfly effect deal, and I was thinking about these things. And here was the couple of sentences from this card. My daughter is has a master's degree in music. She's an adjunct professor at East Texas Baptist University and the interim worship leader at her church. But here's her card to me. 
So glad you answered God's call to be his man, Dad. In the big and small ways, you've lived out your faith, walked with integrity, and loved with his love. You see, yielding yourself completely to Christ is the natural response to understanding his mercy. It's the most reasonable, spiritual, and worshipful thing you could ever do. It will put you in a process, on a process. It'll get you going in this transformation process, like the caterpillar to the butterfly. The things of this world and the world's priorities and values will slowly diminish in importance to you. And your mind will slowly move away from the billions of things you've been thinking about and get narrowed to think on these things, whatever things are good and pure and otherwise. And your mind will start to be focused on God's word and the truth thereof and how you can make a difference in your life and those around you. The end result of all this is that you will live out God's will for your life. His will is good, and it's pleasing, and it is perfect. And it's never too late to make this decision. I waited eight years, maybe some of you longer. Maybe you haven't been saved that long, but you know you need to clarify this relationship with Christ and put it all on the altar. Now, in your bulletin, I have typed out a prayer. I'm going to read that prayer out loud. And my exhortation to you, my challenge to you, is that if you've not made the butterfly effect decision before now, make this prayer your prayer. You can kind of read it in the quietness of your heart along with me. You can try the owl thing first thing in the morning if you want to. But the Lord will not forget you and your intention to make this decision. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, I recognize that you have indeed been most merciful to me in the perfect salvation you've provided through Jesus Christ. I now realize the reason, recognize the reasonableness of your claim on my life. I do now present to you my body as a living sacrifice. I ask that not my will but thine be done in every area of my life. I ask you, Lord, to make my life a demonstration of your good and your pleasing and your perfect will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please stand with me.